and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast about video games. And sometimes I talk in a voice like this, and it's very sensual and you like it. With me here today is Brandon. What's up? And Dave. Hi. Hi. It's smooth. It's smooth, oh Dave goodness. from Toronto. How are wow. you, fellas? <laughs> Silky smooth. Your Dave. voice is at once seductive when you do that and terrifying. I can't really <laughs> yeah, put it's... my finger on it. I'll put my never mind. Uh <laughs> Thanks, thanks to everybody for listening, for, for literally just downloading the episode, whether you uh, are new or whether you've been subscribed for a while or whatever. I appreciate it. Also, thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. We appreciate you. We love you. Some of you are there at the dollar level. Some of you are there at the $5 level. Some of you are in between. And if even if you're in between, there's a lovely sandwich for you to have. No, we're not going to give you a sandwich, but like when you're when you're at the three dollar level, we feel like you're sandwiched in between us. Mm. So mm. Uh, anyway, I don't want to follow that to its logical conclusion. <laughs> also, oh, make sure to go over and join the discord if you haven't already. Handsome slash discord. Dave, tell me a little bit about what's happening in your life. Um, uh, well, good, I'm, rec- good. Okay. <laughs> I'm recently married. Uh, right. And we've got and a my, that. It's old news. My betrothed and I are planning out uh, several trips across the world before we move on to the next stage of our life, which is making children. Making um, them. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at places like, uh, like France and yeah. uh, we're going to Mexico in a couple of weeks. That's just like a quick little, uh, a quick little honeymoon, and then obviously Butler, Pennsylvania, is right. uh, oh, yes. on there. The Mecca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're just Mecca. we're at that point in our life where like we have a lot of energy, we have a decent amount of money, and we're never going to have this again. So let's just let's get the traveling in now. Um, right. And and yeah, because this is a lot of the world we still want to see, and and yeah, so that's that's been exciting in in our life. So. So, so two things there I want to comment on. One, uh, when you say you have a decent amount of money, you have Canadian money. So when you go anywhere else, that's basically worthless, right? It is difficult because like you, you need to take uh, American money with you. Like when you go to Mexico as an example. So like, I don't know, $100 American would cost us like $130, $150 Canadian. So yeah, it it sucks because our prices are almost the same as what you pay there. So it doesn't really translate all that well. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's expensive, but I mean, you know, when, once you start having kids and stuff, then a lot of your money goes away. So I think I that's haven't a big found for myself. I mean, I've never really had a lot of money, but I haven't really found that kids are very expensive for us. But what I have found is that they take up your time and and, and different things you can do in a matter of um, convenience. So, like, I love having kids. I wouldn't trade it. But, like, it's a lot harder to just, like, hey, you want to take this little trip for the weekend and just pick up and go? Because either you got to account for the whole family or you got to find somewhere to dump them off. And we don't like to do that because exactly. we like to take the kids. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely a thing. The second I thing mean, I wanted to bring up is instead of going to France, have you just considered Quebec? Because that's the same thing, right? <laughs> well, we've done that so many times, but no, it's okay. like the, the France is Quebec is like <laughs> fake France, and they're they're really mean there. Whoa, and, you're going yeah. to catch some shade from all the they know Quebec they're audience. mean, and, and it's it's yeah, no, I mean Montreal is beautiful, Quebec City is beautiful, and we do go regularly, but we want we want something different, you know. Right, and the, right, the other yeah. th- cool thing about that is like you can travel like across four or five different countries in a very short period of time. So like we would yes. go to like France, Belgium, Netherlands, pop into Germany 
and like you like you could see all those countries in like five six seven days so why yeah, not yeah and it's cheap too once you're over there like when i was in one of the times that i've been the, i've been fortunate enough to be able to go to europe multiple times but one of the times i went i was in i think we were gone for two weeks total i was in ireland germany italy england where else was i maybe we stopped in france but we didn't go anywhere cool we were just like waiting over a short period of time for the next plane or whatever but anyway and like all those flights cost us like almost nothing comparatively to getting there yeah so that's really and cool. you could you could do all those countries by train if you really wanted to yeah yeah and the crazy thing is is like if i got in my car and i drove five hours i would still be in the same province right whereas if you're in like france or something like that you drive five hours you're crossing like two or three countries it's it's just it's insane so it's really crazy. funny because sometimes people think like we live near Pittsburgh, but they think like, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm going to be right near you guys. I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm like, that is six hours away from me. <laughs> it's the same state, but it is nowhere near me. Sorry. I, I had no idea how large Pennsylvania was until I the first time I came and met you guys, because I thought the same thing. I was like, well, how far is Philly? Maybe we can pop over there. And then you just have this like rectangular, long ass shaped state. Pittsburgh's at one end. Yeah. Find out about freedom. Learn about it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's huge. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, especially in Canada up here, because I don't know. Yeah. The third thing I want to ask you that I, I, I only said two things, but the third thing is, are you proud of the way I said Quebec? Does that make you proud of me? No. You, okay. I don't even know if you said it right. You said Quebec? I said Quebec. Well, how do most people say it? Quebec? Quebec. Quebec or Quebec. <laughs> I think it's, I think uh, a, a person who actually lives there would say like Quebec. Well, yeah, but they would also say it with their nostrils instead of their mouth. (laughs) Dave, I got to know, are you going to hit up the Louvre when you're in France? Big time. Big time, buddy. That is like one of my main things I want to do in my life. I'm going to hit up the Louvre and I'm going to get one of those uh, triangular shaped popsicles. Hell Um, yeah. That's the only reason people go there, right? That's correct. Exactly. I'm going to stand where Tom Hanks stood in Da Vinci Code and and all that good stuff. But, okay. I, I hear that the Mona Lisa is kind of underwhelming in person. Isn't it really tiny? It's smaller than you would think. Yeah. From what I've been told. But now I think it's smaller, so maybe I'd be impressed with it when I went. I don't know. Brandon, I know about some of the things happening in your life, mm-hmm. but why don't you go ahead and tell Dave? Because he needs to know. And like all the other people listening. Yeah. Too. Yeah. No, I uh, I moved this week to a new place. So that's been miserable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have been blessed to not have had moved a bunch in my life. And so every time I have, it's been an event, uh, for me emotionally. Um, so I'm physically tired, I'm mentally tired, but I'm happy to be here and I'm actually genuinely happy to be in this new place. Um, no red flags out the gate and everything seems good. So I am pleased. And we, uh, saving a decent amount of money for more space, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like half the amount of money for, about the same square footage. Oh, okay. So. I thought it was a little bigger. Cool. That's awesome, man. And yeah. you're closer to me now. That's exactly right. I'm excited to be back in in town um, for what it's worth. And uh, yeah, it's going to be nice to have sidewalks around. And, you know, I want to do something in town. I just walk right down there. You let your let your dog or, you know, just poop right on the sidewalk if you want. <laughs> no, she, um, it was funny because there was, it was like, we were, we took a single walk, like a block. Uh-huh. around a whole block and there were many many yards and the one that there were two guys sitting on the porch 
I tried to pull her away before she went in the yard. But of course, she shits in the yard that there's two people just sitting there watching me. So I'm like, okay, all right. Got to pick this up now. Now, I was going to make a joke earlier. I was going to just say ginger and not tell people who ginger was. And then after you revealed something about a dog shitting, uh, say it was your girlfriend and how how did your parents feel about it. But I I, I went away from that. And that's a good thing. All right. Uh, for me, guys, I'm I'm just Sorry, hanging hang out. on a minute. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. No, 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 not not your turn yet. Then I need to okay. ask something. Yes, you yeah. didn't. Did you live in a place with without sidewalks before? Did Did you live in um, like a no a parking I lived, lot or something or more or less? It was like an apartment complex that was mostly just parking, and then you were inside your house or outside your house. Um, or uh, you were on the. Or, that's usually where I am. Yeah, too, or inside or outside. Or my house. you were like in the parking lot. Um, and there wasn't really any in between. So I'm glad to have many, many um, square foot square footage <laughs> of walking space. Uh, my dog's going to enjoy it. So You're right next Got to it. the park now? I know, dude. I'm actually excited about that. I want to hit up some more Frisbee. Um, I've always really enjoyed playing Frisbee. You can hang out with the basketball gangs that every city has, obviously. Yes. And <laughs> I can go check out the abandoned pool. Yes. It'll be torn down soon. So don't well, I, better, I better be quick then. Yes. Like I said, I haven't really been doing much. I've been very, very busy with work-related stuff. Uh, we've got a big event coming up this week, and I've been doing a lot of editing and stuff like that. So I have been kind of uh, just going crazy with that. But it's a good kind of crazy. I like to be busy. But I've also been able to be able to spend a little more time with uh, the fam lately. So that's nice. That's good, man. That's nice. Uh, yeah. So, guys, video games is what this show's about. In case you didn't notice from the last 10 minutes or so, uh, we've been talking about Brandon's girlfriend pooping on the sidewalk <laughs> with two men watching her. That is not what happened. That's exactly what he said. I heard it with my own dang ears. If uh, I was a ginger and my girlfriend's name was Ginger, I don't like that. Well, you are a ginger and you named your dog Ginger, so that's maybe hey, listen, just that, as bad. That had nothing to do with my choice. <laughs> it was fate. It's fate. Okay, fair enough. Well, your girlfriend had the dog before you two started dating, right? Correct. Yeah, so... Yeah, that works. Guys, since we've been talking about it, we've been on this subject for a while, we're going to talk about Elden, <laughs> Elden Ring. <laughs> uh, Elden Ring, according to comicbook.com, I don't know why this is coming from comicbook.com, but that's where it's from, says that Elden Ring does not feature in-game writing from George R.R. R. Martin. Now, we got the reveal a couple of years ago now at this point that George R.R. R. Martin would be helping to write uh, or would be in collaboration with helping from software develop Elden Ring instead of finishing his world famous series. Uh, that's a decision in and of itself, but basically this article starts out and says from software's upcoming action adventure game, Elden Ring notably features a collaboration with George R.R. Martin, who is the author of a song and ice, a song of ice and fire saga. While Martin's work on Elden Ring might be one of the most notable aspects of the title. However, it sounds as though Martin didn't actually contribute when it comes to the in-game writing that will be seen in the finished project. Uh, basically, it goes on to say that the game, the the in-game text is being written by Miyazaki. And we can assume then that that would mean that George R. R. Martin is kind of helping set up the world and maybe some of the lore there. Uh, Dave, you just, we'll get to Brandon in a minute because he's played this series a lot. But Dave, you just recently played uh, the first Souls game, Demon's Souls. And have you played the other ones? Yeah, I, I've dabbled in in uh most of them okay. um so yeah i mean i i have a sense of where miyazaki is sort of 
weird and wacky uh, creative mind is. Uh, and then if you kind of combine that with George R. R. Martin, but it's uh, the more the closer we get to release, the more it's starting to seem like George R. R. Martin's name was just kind of put on it as I don't know, maybe a marketing thing or just to sell more copies, but like was he just in that first pitch meeting and he made a couple suggestions and it's like boom written by george r, r. martin yeah uh, sounds I don't like know. It. It's, it's starting to seem like it's less about him but maybe that's okay because we already know what miyazaki is like so i don't know what, what is is what would it have risked sort of being less like a souls game from a creative standpoint if george r, r. martin had too much creative freedom with it i don't know i guess there's a lot of different ways you could look at it I, yeah, I think you're probably on the right track there. And I think probably the idea, I mean, you have to assume if he's not doing in-game dialogue or text or whatever, that he helped maybe just had a couple ideas or maybe even did a lot of work on the actual world that this game is set in. Because it's not a direct sequel that we know of, at least. Uh, So it's entirely possible. And we know he has a very fantastical mind and has, you know, done some pretty notable works. Brandon, did you watch Game of Thrones? Have you seen Game of Thrones? I know you didn't read it. Um, I think I watched the first two seasons. Okay. Um, so you know a little bit about Martin's work, at least right. the way he builds worlds. And you're also a Souls fan. You're a From Software fan. Yep. How do you feel about his involvement or lack thereof? Um, I think his involvement is in- insignificant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that based upon what I've seen and what I've heard about Game of Thrones, it could certainly be good to have some of his input. But I think this is the right play. I mean, you know, I know there's people that are wanting something different from Elden Ring, but it is a From Software game. Correct. So I think it is pretty important to keep what works going. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if, if let's say George R. R. Martin just came in and was writing everything, right? First, I don't think that would translate well to video games because I feel like video games write differently yes. and oftentimes play differently than screen and then text you know you know um but yeah you mean you don't need a 30 page long (laughs) uh sexually charged scene between a queen and a barbarian yes exactly um but no i i think i think this is the right play for sure like i said i don't know about his involvement i wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of world building that he was a part of because i feel like that's something he is good at Right. Um, clearly. Clearly, yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, some of the complaints I've heard about the series, the minutia, you know, maybe we don't want that in a From Software game. Maybe don't we don't want to take the risk because, you know, I don't want to say they have a lot to lose, but they, they do have a lot to lose. I mean, there's been good momentum. Uh, Dark Souls 3, I feel like, was more popular than any of the other, their other games. Demon Souls did great. So why introduce a foreign voice um into an established working formula um i think that if he had some input that could be good um but i don't think it would be the in the best interest of the series to just completely make a make a switch when there's been such quality put before it right i agree the other thing i was thinking is that i've not played a whole lot of the souls born genre games specifically from games i've not played a whole lot of them but what i do know about them is they give you enough lore to be interesting but not so much as to lose you right but also it is easily 
to get lost in that you know, like you don't yeah. necessarily always know it. I feel like if if Martin was writing more of the in-game text, it would be like hours of reading. Yeah. Because I just don't like there is a strength to having an imagination and being able to develop worlds, which he clearly has. There is a strength to brevity that a lot of people think the more you write, the better it is. It's really the opposite, actually, in my opinion. And I feel like maybe his nature just doesn't lend towards that. His nature is more about building those worlds and right. less about minutia. So, yeah. And I don't know, you know, there's always been complaints with how convoluted the lore is of these games. Yeah. But as someone who's enjoyed them, I think there's something special about if you're actually interested in something, having to do some digging. Like, yeah. I don't know, that feels almost special to me. Um, finding out something intimate or special about a character based upon reading a weapon description, for instance, that's pretty common in these games. Like, I, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of how it would play out in real life. You would find a scroll that gave you a little piece of information or you would see etching on a sword, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't want that to change, and therefore I think this is a good play. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's coming out January 21st. It's probably a good thing that Martin isn't involved in the in-game writing. Hopefully his part is done so that the game won't be delayed for a decade, uh, as it would be if you were <laughs> if you were helping to write it. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure the game, people, fans of the series are going to love it uh, because it looks very much like a From game to me. And uh, it's funny because I'm... I like the From games. I like the I like the way they look. I like watching other people play them. But every time I play them, I'm either uh, I don't really have a rage thing. It's not like I'm like, oh, I can't play these because they're too hard. I just I actually get bored. I actually find them to not be as stimulating to me to play them as they are for me to watch other people play them. Yeah. So we'll see. See how it goes. Guys, remember the newest hottest console to exist. Uh, you know, you you probably are thinking about the Xbox Stadia? series. You, you might even be thinking about Stadia. <laughs> probably thinking about the PS5. Ooyah, uh, the Ooyah potentially. Well, you'd all be wrong if you guess those because the newest thing I want to talk about tonight, or at least here in this segment, is that the Game Boy Advance. Yes, the Game Boy Advance is getting its first commercial release in 13 years. This comes from NintendoLife.com and says, quote, it's been 13 years since the Game Boy Advance last saw a commercial release. That, first of all, 13 what? Years? 13 years? That's wild. I'm not old, I promise. That's wild. That was 20 years old when that, wow. Uh, but that comes to an end soon as Richard Nicole is bringing Good Boy Galaxy to the console, as well as other platforms, such as Switch and Steam. So it will be coming to some other modern consoles. But basically, this is going to be a, a platformer uh and there is a demo available i don't 100 percent know how this game is actually coming i, I assume it's going to have to come via cart right no actually it says you can play it via emulation or a flash cart uh or you can get it on switch or steam so there's going to be a new one guys uh, this is a big deal it is kind of a big deal because it's cool when people do kickbacks or like you know they punch back to um to older consoles but there are many games. I don't know about this one, about the Game Boy Advance specifically, but we have a studio here in Pittsburgh, uh, not very far from us, from Brandon and I at least, that regularly does stuff. I think it's Mega Cat um, that does, not Monster Cat, that's a, that's a music thing. Mega Cat does uh, a lot of these ports where they'll put games, they'll make 
really simple games and put them on like the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo and actually do a limited run of carts for them. Brandon, do you think this is a drive to get a little bit of nostalgia or do you think it's just a cool like, oh, this game could run on there, so we might as well make it run on there? I don't know. I feel like at some point. And are you going to buy it? I'm drawing parallels here between vinyls because at some point when CDs were out, bands started printing vinyls and it was like, oh, that's so cool. Like you can listen to it in this old format. And then what happened? Mm -hmm. Ten years later, many, many bands that I listened to release vinyl. Yeah. So not to say there's going to be some big resurgence, but if you don't have things like this come up, you don't have, you you know, you don't know if there's a need if people want it. Right. And so, yeah, I'm all about it, man. I, I don't think I'll buy it just because, you don't know where your Game Boy Advance is? Well, I do know where it is. Okay. Um, well, it's packed, but yeah, yeah. it's somewhere. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's great to, you know, even if it's something that just sets on your on your desk and is cool to look at, I think it's cool to like pay homage to these different kinds of formats. And, you know, maybe it's a pub- publicity thing. I don't know, but it could work out for them and I'm all about it. I certainly know we wouldn't be talking about the game if it weren't being released on Game Boy Advance, Good Boy Galaxy. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, how often does that happen? Not for 13 years, right? Right. So by default, you get a you get an article, man. It's good. It's good. Good PR. Dave, what about you? Are you digging through your boxes in the attic anxiously awaiting the release of this new Game Boy Advance game? Well, it's I, I, I watched the trailer and as I'm watching it, I'm like, how can they make this game run on the Game Boy Advance? And then sure Mm. enough in the trailer, they show them actually playing it on a Game Boy Advance and it looks great. Like it, it's, it's like, it's like an indie pixel art game, but like the animation doesn't look like something I remember seeing on a Game Boy Advance. Um, So the fact that they got it running and it, it still looks really great is, is cool. Um, But my, uh, my first thought is this, they can't be making this move thinking they're going to sell a whole lot on Game Boy Advance. One, because uh, I don't know if a lot of people know how to do emulation or do the flashcard thing. But as you said, I mean, we're talking about it. It does look like a really cool game, and I want to play it on my Switch. But we're talking about it because of this Game Boy Advance news. Otherwise, you know... Something different, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. if I had a Game Boy Advance, i certainly try. But even yeah. with that said, I want to play this game on my Switch. Right. Yeah, I have a Game Boy Advance somewhere, but where it is, maybe it will never be known until I move again and I'll find it somewhere around there. Well, anyway, check that out. I think it's cool, at least if you want to be able to buy a Game Boy Advance game in 2021, your opportunity is coming up. Uh, The next thing up is that CD Projekt Red has hired some community modders to work on cyberpunk 2077 i know i know guys it's your favorite topic cyberpunk 2077 everybody's itching for the hottest news keeps coming back on the cdpr game but pc gamer reports that cyberpunk 2077 got official mod support in january but not much has happened since until this announcement uh i don't know why they possibly could think the game needs mods it's not done but anyway cyberpunk 2077's official modding support appears to set to take a big step forward cd project has hired the creators of wolvenkit or wolvenkit uh depending on where you're from how you say it modding tool set to further develop the resources that are available to the modding community quote we are extremely pleased to announce that bloomster nightmaria and our fuzzo will be joining 
And I will be joining CDPR under my and Nightmaria's company, Yigsoft. Okay. Right. On the CD Punk, uh, CD Punk, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 modding community Discord. Now, CD Projekt did go on to confirm that statement and say that there'll be mods, but I'm really interested to know if they're just going to be working on helping it with mods or if they're actually like they were like, wow, these guys are talented enough to be able to manipulate our code and add mods to the game. Maybe we should hire them. You know, I mean, I know right now they're doing modding, but is there a, a sense at all? Uh, Brandon, actually, I'll throw this to Dave first since I threw that one, last one to you. Have you messed around with mods much? We don't even have to talk about cyberpunk. I just kind of thought the idea of mods is cool. Uh, have you messed around with mods much? And if so, where at or what have you seen? Never. Cool? No, Never. no, no. I mean, I mean, I don't even take the time to play with like level creators when I see them unless I really have to. But no, I just I like the game is the way it shipped. Um, I did have a lot of fun seeing what kind of stuff people did with Skyrim and with like all the chickens and stuff like that. Yeah, there was this weekly show on GameSpot where they used to go through like all the different like the top mods of the week. And it was always funny to see what people did. But no, I, I, I wouldn't have the balls to to experiment with modding and stuff like that. It's really interesting right now because Microsoft has made it very easy to install mods for some games. Specifically, I think Skyrim is one of them. And you can download other mods from other places too. But like some of these games are getting incredible mods that maybe you can... The first experience and maybe the only one... No, okay. So when Duke Nukem... Uh, which one was it? Duke Nukem, it came out in like 96. Duke Nukem mm. 3D? It was Duke Nukem 3D, yes. Thank you, Dave. Uh, came out. They had a level creator that shipped with the game. And a buddy of mine and I used to design levels all the time and play them. I'm sure if I played them now, they weren't very good because in 96, I was eight years old. And we played it for a couple years after that. But that was my first experience. And then my second and maybe last experience was with Minecraft. Uh, I started playing in the alpha days. But by the time the beta rolled around, I think, there were a lot of mods that you could install and they were just mostly like texture packs and stuff that you could use to make the game look cooler, look a little more modern. I actually ended up going away from them because I like the old look of the game, the way it was designed to be. But now the, the game has like, you know, all sorts of mods and stuff that are just sold as, as upgrades, which is cool. I mean, that's, that's how they're making tons of money and selling millions and millions and millions of copies. Brandon, do you have any modding experience? Um, I've been a passive viewer of modding for many years now. Um, I've never dabbled, not being a part of the PC space. I've had limited availability as far as that goes, especially right. as someone who's mostly played on PS4. Um, that hasn't really been a thing much. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely not on a on a Sony platform. They're not going to let you mod anything. Yeah, yeah, and they if, actually, it, yeah. if it is, it's like they'll throw you in jail for modding. heavily fucking moderated. Yeah, um, but and that's the coolest thing about mods is that that they're not moderated. So what I'm trying to say is, I've always found it very interesting when companies embrace the mod community. Um, for instance, Skyrim. Yeah. I'm literally releasing a 10th anniversary with modded content from mm -hmm. creators. They've all like ever since Skyrim got released on PS4 mm -hmm. and Xbox One, there's been active mod stores. And I find it so weird because that takes all of the charm out of it for me. Yeah. Because the reason that they're weird and they can be whatever they want is because people are making them themselves. 
And so the if there's any sort of moderation there, it kind of takes the oomph out of it for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like in and I don't know why they would make it go through them because it really has nothing to do with them. Right. Uh, you, you know, they're modding their game, but why bring them onto the team? That's always been weird to me. And maybe that's just me not understanding why they'd want to do that. But it's been weird ever since I saw it in Skyrim. Um, you know, if someone wants to change the code of something to be different, I don't think that needs to go through the people who made the game for me to decide whether I want it or not. Let me play devil's advocate here for a minute because I mostly agree with you there. But I think the idea is, let's say a game like Skyrim mm-hmm. that we we know it's 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 literally a meme at this point. It's been released 874 billion different times Seriously. on different platforms. But if you're somebody who's been playing Skyrim since 11, 11, 11 when it released, yes, and you've played it through on the original base code many times but you still love that game but you're like you know what i just need a little something different this time right i mean we have new game plus which you could kind of say is a is a um developer added mod to some extent because it usually will increase you know enemy something and decrease player something whatever uh or it adds different features but anyway we know that people like to play the same games again with slightly different features. So I wonder if by them specifically, we're talking about Skyrim here by them allowing mods or bringing in mods and hopefully, you know, compensating creators for them in an appropriate fashion. I know they had that whole thing with the, the mod store for a while, uh, which I think failed frankly, but everything was way too expensive and it was, that's what I'm saying. The weirdness creeps into because when they try and commercialize it, right then it becomes really weird for me. But if they can release it with these mods, some of the best mods that have made the game better and make more money off of it, once again, another thing where you can make money off of it, I don't know, maybe that's worth it. I I agree it takes the charm out of it for me as a player, but I think it makes sense from a fiscal point of view. No, and I definitely think that adding it into the game as a base, as they're doing for the 10th anniversary, just saying, hey, it comes with the game, you can use it if you want. I feel like that's better than making a storefront for things that other people have made right and you getting the money directly right um it it one adds a sense of moderation to what you're putting on i'm sure they won't let you just put anything but it's also just funneling money back into their pocket i don't know it crosses a weird line for me and i think that you know if i want to play Skyrim and I want every single dragon to be Randy Macho Man Savage (laughs) and scream oh yeah every single time they fly over me am I betting that because of copyright they're not going to be able to put that in their store absolutely hey hold up for a minute and that's it though I need to know if that's a real thing a million have you not seen the video oh my god it's real Christ almighty Ben after the show (laughs) I will show you it and it is breathtaking because i might need to play skyrim again it is it is breathtaking it really is um but that's the whole point of it for me is it's supposed to be wacky i'm you know i'm supposed to i think i've seen another one where the dragons are thomas the train engine like i think i did see that one you can't get that sounds familiar when a company is behind it right but you can get it when it's on a forum or it's on a mod site and someone just made it because they imported assets right so i feel like the best mods are the ones that aren't touched by the developers. And so that's why it's weird. You guys are both uh, in the anti-mod camp. Not anti, just we're... we're it's not for you. We're mod averse, right. sounds like. Right. Well, I would say I'm about modding. I'm not about 
companies commercializing it. Yes, exactly. I got you. Cool. Uh, I know that. Okay, so back back to CDPR and, and Cyberpunk. I would really like to see what they can do with this because it is a much different game. That like I think the most the most uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The most famous example of a, of a modded game or modding games is with Skyrim, obviously. But I would really like to see what they can do with this because you like there are so many different facets. Even with as clunky as the game launched uh, and still is to some extent you know that there's so many cool, interesting things that they could do in cyberpunk uh, that would be able to be modded and, and that can be changed around. So that'll but, be interesting for sure to say, go ahead, Dave. Just from a strategy perspective for CD project red to do this, like I think one of the reasons why, uh, you know, Skyrim has been able to be released so many times is because they built such a strong community around it. And I think some of that comes from modding. You know, people had reasons to keep going into the game. So maybe CD Projekt Red is looking at this, at this and saying, we've already got a pretty decent community. If we want to increase the longevity of this game and have it keep putting money in our pockets five, seven, ten years down the line, this might be one step to do that and build a community around it. Because, you know, you can have people who just jump in, play the game, and then leave it. And then you could people who are lit- you have people who are literally playing for, like, forever because you know they've got reasons to jump back in with different mods and stuff like that so it might be a smart play for them just to sort of in you know enliven that community and and just make it a really long-running sort of living breathing world for them i know that the witcher series specifically the witcher 3 had a lot of mods for it and i would have to think that even though the witcher you know is, is a great game in and of itself i would have to think that that's given it life past the initial release and oh, the yeah. initial batch there. Definitely. So, you know, they, they have a legacy of this, I understand. But I do think it's cool uh, to some extent if they're hiring people who have been basically doing this work for free. Yeah. I mean, some of the some some of the mod sites do charge you for the mods, and, and you know, that's appropriate, certainly, if they're going to do the work and you want to benefit from it to be able to use that. I think it's even, to some extent, I think it's cool whenever the developers acknowledge and uh, encourage that. But Brandon, I do agree with you, and maybe Dave, to, to your point too, uh, that it does take a little bit of the charm out of it because you're like, oh, this is this is just CDPR trying to cash in a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe so. I'm I'm honestly really looking forward to the um, Lock sixty mod. Yes, um, I can't wait for that yes. to drop. Or the uh, <laughs> runs without <laughs> crashing yeah. uh, mod. Seriously, that would be good too. That would be a fun one. Uh, the 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 my players don't lose all their gear mod. Uh, and and uh, have game breaking bugs mod textures load in as you're seeing <laughs> yeah. them instead of after. Yes. I want that mod, but I still want Macho Man Randy Savage in there somewhere. Too. Obviously, obviously. If Macho Man Randy Savage is not in the Cyberpunk 2077 mod future, I don't even know if it's worth continuing to talk about. Honestly, and after seeing what they did with Resident Evil Village and the big titty vampire mommy mods. Um, I don't know if you guys are I didn't pr- see, I didn't know privy to mods. this. You can get full fishnet jiggle physics on Lady Dem- Oh my lord. You could you could watch it right on YouTube. I'm dead ass serious. I, I looked up speedruns in my fucking Oh sure you did, Brandon. You weren't looking oh, for fishnet jiggle all physics. Right, I'm all sure. Right, all right, all right. You copy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> 60 frames per second. Let's go CD Projekt Red. We can do it. Together with the modders, we can do it. This story is not on our list, 
Dave. I know you're probably looking at it over there, but Brandon reminded me of it through a text message about five minutes ago and sent me the link. Uh, the Verge reports that Sony's new PS5 model weighs less because it has a smaller heat sink. And we talked a little bit about the fact that the PS5 uh, was getting a redesign uh, that would be probably unnoticeable to most people, but it would be a little bit lighter. And they, they announced that. And of course, you know, over time, that's definitely going to decrease shipping costs. Uh, but it turns out it actually has a smaller heat sink. And it says, quote, a new PS5 model started appearing in Australia, Japan, and parts of the U.S. earlier this month with a new stand design and a mysterious reduction in weight. And Austin Evans, who is a tech YouTuber, uh, we have a little bit of connection to him through our friend Jimmy Champagne, who runs a YouTube channel called PS Ready. He used to work directly for Austin's production. Anyway, uh, the mystery has now been solved. Sony has changed the heatsink that helps cool the PS5. The new heatsink is significantly smaller than the original and makes up for the entire weight reduction of 300 grams, or about 0.6 pounds, according to Evans. It's not clear why Sony has swapped out the heatsink so early on in the PS5's life cycle, but Evans does note that the, his particular unit ran hotter as a result, with the rear exhaust temperatures about 3 to 5 degrees higher. Day for you in Celsius... That's around 70 to 150 degrees hotter. So, got it. <laughs> Thanks for that. No problem. Uh, th this could come down to a manufacturing variance, though. Uh, basically, it goes on to say Sony uses this heat sink to cool the PS5, and the console has a heat pipe. Uh, everybody needs a heat pipe with a shape and airflow that's designed to create the same level of performance as a vapor chamber. It goes on to give some more details. You can, of course, go over and read that on The Verge if you like. But Here's my thing, and I'll ask you guys what you think in a minute. The biggest complaint, and I haven't seen this new PS5 model. I haven't felt how it runs. I haven't heard how it runs. The biggest complaint with the PS4 was the fans too loud. The games are getting too overpowered for the fans to keep up with. Uh, it's a jet engine. That was a very common thing that I know I said and many millions of other people said. Even the PS4 Pro was getting a little bit too loud by the time The Last of Us Part Two came out. Why, when they build a console and talk so much about the heat sink and how you're never going to have it overheat, do they reduce the size of the fan, reduce the size of the heat sink, make it a little smaller, make it run a little hotter, when that's one of the big complaints? Dave, what do you think about Sony reducing the size of the fan and maybe potentially making the console run hotter at this, you know, less than a year after they released the console and make made a big deal about it? Uh, I, I wouldn't get too alarmed by it now. I'd be curious to see some actual hands-on tests with these new models, but I really doubt Sony would be dumb enough to to make that sort of change um, knowing that it's going to have the same issues that the PS4 had where it sounded like it was like a jet engine taking off. Uh, but then again, Sony's proved that it can be quite complacent because people will buy anything that says Sony on it, so... I need to. I have a PlayStation now, so I, I, I a PS5, so I, I'm probably good. But I would right. be curious to see how the actual real world model sounds. Um, but yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if there was any noticeable difference. Other than I did, see, I did see one report that said it was slightly louder, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not uh, keeping up or not slightly well. louder. As in, if you have two side by side, you can notice a difference. Like I like if. If you swap mine out without me knowing, would I notice the difference? It's kind of the. Uh, that's a good question. I don't yeah. know. So I mean, yeah. that's that's what I'd I'd want to wait and see. But right, um, Brandon, 
one of your big complaints about your launch PS4 by the end of the life cycle, which barely crossed the finish line oh, until you got your new one. Bless her. Uh, was the fan in that. What What do you think? I think this is a little concerning. I'm on like kind of the other side of the coin. Um, I think that if there's any difference at all now, what will that mean in five years? Um, we saw that just like Dave said, they've been complacent. You wouldn't hope that taking this out. I, and I mean, take a look at the pictures. I encourage you to look up the pictures of the heatsink. It is a significantly different size than the original. Um, and it just worries me because if they were complacent enough to release the PS4, release it with the redesign, release the, the pro and all of those had heating issues, cooling issues, rather, I guess heat was the issue. Then it just makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder whether we're going to start having some more issues. I don't know. And I'll tell you another thing about it. Honestly, I actually saw that after this news, after the teardowns, the um, the scalping market is already picking up on this. Oh, you can yeah. already buy Gen 1 Day 1 versions of unopened boxes that are significantly more expensive than the new versions. I bet, yeah. So, I mean, it's weird. It's really weird, and I don't know what the answer is, but why you know the majority of your audience has not gotten the original so why would you not parody it completely um is 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 my concern um and you know i know that my ps5 can get hot and that's not abnormal these things get hot when they run uh you know uh 3080 is going to get hot you probably can't even touch it when it's running no. you know what i mean i mean you can but you that's just <laughs> the way it works now and that's fine it's not hazardous but you know after running it for years and years and years makes me wonder whether it's going to continue to not be as quiet as the old one or it's going to have issues. Dave, you were going to cut in there. Or you- yeah, I was just going to say like in a in a post Xbox 360 day one launch model Red Ring of Death world, I feel like these hardware makers should know not to fuck with heating. Um, right. Yeah, Because this is just a bad, bad idea. And even, you know, Sony was walking you know a pretty thin line with some of the designs they've had and and what we're just talking about with the playstation 4 so just don't do it like invest the money in cooling because if these things start to overheat you're gonna have big problems on your hands dude not even just xbox 360 my ps3 got the yellow light of death and it has to do with the thermal paste this has been a consistent issue with console after console and whether or not it's completely tore down your machine so that it doesn't work most people were fine with the PS4. It just was loud as fuck. That's the trade-off. At least it was working. But my fear is that, you know, just like Dave said, cooling is clearly priority. Even in a PC build, it's very important to have good cooling. Um, and why, of all the things to fuck with, why fuck with that? It's the um, ABCs of console making. Always be cooling. Always that's right. Be always be cooling. Yeah. Always be cooling. I kind of uh, side with both of you on this because... Uh, on one sense, I agree with Dave that they have to know not to mess with the cooling. They have to know that they can't do that. So, of course, they're going to make these to stand the test of time. But I also agree with Brandon that it just doesn't seem to lend itself very well. My bigger thing than the actual performance of the console, which, of course, is the whole thing, but is how much of a big deal Sony made before the launch about 
they the the console is so big because of the cooling units and they spend all this time and R&D and resources and everything to make sure that the cooling units were going to be powerful enough and quiet enough and get the heat out and uh, they actually said there were I think maybe they didn't say it, but there were some discussions about how at some point they might be able to go to tap into the firmware and actually change the fan stuff so that they would be able to run you know future games so i'm a little more concerned once again with sony's messaging than i am does this actually work or not because like not that you wouldn't have bought a ps5 if they hadn't made a big deal about the heat sink but it certainly encouraged me that they right. were addressing a problem right. that had been there in the past and now we see for them to save 0.6 pounds uh, they're now breaking even or or better on the consoles. They're not losing money on the uh, on the consoles anymore, supposedly. And you know, I understand they want to save shipping costs as well, probably. But it just seems to me like they kind of once again threw us a bunch of promises and hyped us up with the intention of you. They had to be working on this for a while, but less than a year later, they're like, "Nah, if you didn't get one yet, uh, yours might be a little bit." inferior maybe yeah. it's not inferior maybe it's totally great maybe it's actually better because it's 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 pushing out more heat than it would have otherwise but i don't know it just yeah. anytime you talk about heat and a console i i start having those fl- those red ring flashbacks now listen i'm not a tech guy either but like i said look at the photo it looks significantly smaller yeah comparatively i'm not a tech guy i'm going to preface with that but when you show me a heating component that looks noticeably smaller right um regardless of its function that just kind of makes me think twice so that's all yeah it's it is really interesting it's um it's considerably smaller in the picture for sure yeah hey brandon uh, are, you, are you a tech guy <laughs> not at all dave not at all i'm a brandon guy yeah uh it evans i think i said this before but he does say it ran hotter with rear exhaust temperatures around three to five degrees higher. Yeah, I said, I said that earlier, yeah. but um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not cooling as well because the whole point of a cool, of a cooling is to send hot air out of the system, right? Right, exactly. And to get the heat away from the everything. The components. So if, it's, if the air coming off the back of the thing or wherever it comes out of is hotter, then that means it might be sending more heat out faster, or it also could mean that the console is running hotter as a result of the changes, therefore the air coming out is hotter. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just in case you were wondering, Dave, I'm also not a tech guy. I'm probably more of a tech guy than Brandon. Yes, but, 100%. Uh, not as much of a tech guy as Austin Evans, and he seems to not think it's great. But we'll see. We'll see in a couple of years if these things start failing or if they stand the test of time. And uh, it'll be interesting to note if this was purely a money play to try to get the cost down a little bit or if it's at all a performance play as well to see maybe maybe the launch models fans are faulty and they realize that yeah i was gonna say maybe we're just complete fucking jackasses and this one actually works better but you know it makes you makes you wonder it does make you wonder sometimes you just gotta think that's right guys you know how much we love china remember how we've talked about that before oh all the time yeah well the verge reports that kids in china are now did you hear i said china it was like instinctual china china like I don't know. China. Uh, China. Kids in China are now restricted to just three hours of online gaming per week. 
Quote, Chinese gaming platforms like Tencent and NetEase must limit online gaming to minors to just three hours per week following new rules imposed by regulators on Monday, according to Bloomberg. This change is being made in response to growing concern over gaming addiction and a broader crackdown on China's tech giants. Children under the age of 18 will now be restricted to one hour of gaming from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and on public holidays. Now, I don't know if that three hours includes the public holiday or if it's a, if that's like a free-for-all day or what. God Almighty. Now, that's concerning in and of itself, but what I didn't realize before was it says, quote, that's a change from the previous limit of 1.5 hours of online gameplay on most days. So it's cut back by a half hour? Cut back by half an hour. Now, if that was more days were available or whatever, I don't know. Uh, there's also the fact that this is only related to the online games, and we know we've talked about in the past on this show and um, other other avenues that, you know, the not the stereotype, but it seems to be more of a thing in Asian. Maybe it's just less accepted there, so we hear about it more, but like Asian comp- uh, countries... Uh, Korea, I know it's a big issue where a lot of people spend most of their time in internet cafes and spend all their money. And like there was a couple instances of people selling their children to get money for WoW. So Mm. like that's clearly not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, But we know that that is. And maybe it's, uh, you know, everybody's genealogical makeup is a little different. Maybe there's a stronger uh, pull towards addiction to video games specifically. I don't really know how that works. And again, I don't want to generalize, especially when you talk about race and location. But it does seem to be a bigger issue there. But is the Chinese Communist Party stepping in and telling these gaming companies, by the way, that they have a part ownership in, that they need yeah. to restrict gaming to a certain amount of time? This is so confusing to me because I would imagine Tencent, mm-hmm. they are giving money to the government in some way, correct? Well, if you are a large enough company in China then I think that the way it works, or not even in China, but if, if you have enough Chinese interest in your company, then I think the the a member of the CCP actually sits on the board. There's some rule okay. in there. I don't know exactly how it works or the limits of that, but I know for sure that like Tencent and Netties are at least partially government controlled in China. So that, that feels like they're literally fighting against themselves at some point. Maybe, I don't know. If it's a big source of income, if it's culturally something that is big and bringing in money, maybe that's just a U.S. thing for me to assume that if it's bringing in money, that it would, even if it's going against public interest, if it's bringing in money, they would continue to do that. But I don't know. I just don't let the kids play their fucking games is where is where I'm kind of at. Um, and I think that this... <sighs> Strict things make sneaky people. And it's just like, why this of all the things? Right. Do they limit television? Uh, I actually think they do. Do do they limit general internet use? You know what I mean? Like They definitely do. Where does it stop? I don't know about time, but content, they sure do. I don't know what to say about it's all fucked up, I guess, based on what you're saying. But like, especially with the rise in video games and like how much money is to be made, I just don't understand if they did have an interest in the government. Tencent, right. massive company, even in the U.S. now at this point. Right. Everywhere. Why they would take from their profits, because that's what it feels like to me. You mentioned a minute ago about uh, that it makes sneaky people. Yes. And my brother-in-law lived in China for about six years. And 
he said like for the first few months he was there, he, you know, had a little bit of issue with trying to find the content or being able to do the things he wanted because of all the stuff. And pretty soon his, his neighbor who's Chinese gave him like the, the a specific VPN that he could use that somehow would get around all the stuff. And he, he got that VPN. I don't know if he had to pay for it, if it was free or what, but it allowed him to literally do anything he wanted, access anything he wanted, get around all the blocks. And like, it's totally illegal, but it was the only way he could function as an American in China. Yeah. So like, you're right. It makes sneaky people. Dave, you mentioned you're going to have kids soon. Would you prefer that uh, Justin tell them how much games they can play? Or would you like to monitor that yourself? No, I'd like to monitor that myself. Yeah. Uh I don't know. This is just the way the Chinese run their their country. There's a there's a uh, a passage from the article a little bit further down that uh, I thought was pretty telling. Um, it says the new the new rules issued today come a month after an article published by State Media described online games as spiritual opium. Yeah, yeah. So just as a as a a bit of context about how you know exactly the 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 Chinese government wants to control how they want their citizens to sort of act. But I don't know. I guess the addiction thing is much more of a problem or, or there have been examples that are much more severe uh, in China. Like you've heard stories about people dying in like these gaming cafes. Cause they, you know, they just, they don't leave and they're not eating and just, just crazy, crazy stuff. So I'm not saying it's warranted, but I'm also right. trying not to, I don't know think about it too much because it's i don't know china's uh china's different man but uh yeah i don't know it yeah it's like every other month we hear something concerning um so i don't really know it's never i'm never left with a good feeling when talking about china um and how they run things in the government and this is no different i think journey uh, journey was spiritual opium for me that's my <laughs> spiritual opium game Dude, Ben's about to see some fucking spiritual opium when we pull up this Randy Macho Man Savage video later. <laughs> ben, you're I can't be believe a, he hasn't seen it. That you're going to be insane. A, you're going to we're we're going to have to limit you to 1.5 hours a night after this. Well, I've already got my pants unzipped. <laughs> Halo Infinite got <laughs> a release dates uh, last week. We talked about uh, the Halo showcase, the well, the lack of Halo showcase during the Microsoft event last week on the show but this week uh just shortly after we recorded but before the episode actually released to the public i think uh we got the official release date i don't want to spend a whole ton of time on this but we did find out that halo infinite will be releasing on december 8th it had been just holiday 2021 previously but we're now finding out that it will release on december 8th of course it will be uh releasing without campaign co-op as well as without the Forge mode, which we have certainly talked about a little bit in depth last week on the pod, along with Phil, who isn't here tonight because uh, he's a bastard. But other than that, uh, are you guys excited? Is it, does this seem more real, or are we worried that they waited so long to reveal the date and they've delayed certain features? Do we want it? Or is it ready? What, what's your thoughts, Brandon? I think that based off of the information we have, from the people who have played the multiplayer, I'm not concerned. Um, now, whether or not anything else about it is going to be good and going to perform well is to be seen. Um, I do think it's curious, and I'm going to keep bringing it up because it's interesting. It is curious that it's a full month after the new Call of Duty. 
Um, so I guess we're going to see how that rolls out, see how people's money goes um, releasing after that. But um, yeah, I guess I'm not concerned um, mostly because of people's experiences. I mean, the beta seemed pretty stable from what I heard. For the I, multiplayer only with bots, though. That's that's my thought. Oh, it's yeah. my... I thought you were playing against real people. Not in the beta. That oh, was, no shit. Bots. I, I think they did open that. up actual PvP at one point, but other than, it was all bots for the majority of the time. I did not realize that. Yeah. Hmm. Which they, I think that's part of it. They wanted to test the bot system and see right. if the bots were working. And from the all the stuff I saw, the bots did actually seem to be uh, pretty good. They were moving around like real players. They were probably moving around better than some players. Dude, I saw a bot fucking... I don't know if it was real, but a bot teabag somebody? That was in the game, but a, a, according according to 343, which we don't know if it was real or not, uh, they said that was that was not what they were doing. They weren't, it wasn't intentionally doing that. And Give like, the people what how, they how does a How do you program accidentally a bot to teabag someone? But anyway, <laughs> Dave, are you, how do you feel about Halo's release date? Are you worried or excited or both? Perfect. I love it. It's it's it perfectly fits within. So I've got my I've got my three big fall holiday purchases lined up. So we got <clears throat> Battlefield 2042, October 22nd, two weeks later, uh, Forza Horizon 5 on November 5th. And that gives me a full month before I have to play Halo Infinite. So this I, mm. I love it, guys. I've got I've got lots of time with these three big games. And uh, I hate when when big games launch too close to each other because I just get flustered and I, I don't have time with them. So this is perfect. I love it. I don't know how you can't love it. It's great. Yeah, I agree. I love it too. Uh, I wasn't at all concerned until I heard about the... It, it's just kind of it, a little bit concerning that they are delaying big aspects of the game. Again, they're not big aspects to me. I'm not going to miss them at all. I'm still going to be there on day one playing. But, you know, they delay those. And I'm like, this game was supposed to launch over a year ago by the time it comes out. What kind of state would it have launched in then? Uh, so I'm hoping that this extra year has just given them a ton of time to polish and not that we're going to find out that there's stuff that's still not quite right. And Ben, I mean, I don't want to butt in, but do it. Go hasn't ahead. there been discourse about there being a BR mode in this game? There has been. So like, when the fuck is that? So you delay the co-op, you delay the forge. BR is still as big as it's ever been. Apex is pulling insane numbers. Right. So where did that go? Uh, so, okay. So the first thing, Dustin and I were at E3 in 20... When did Infinite get revealed? Oh, God, I don't know. We were there for the reveal, I think, if I remember correctly. Either way, they had a whole bunch of monitors and, and setups up on stage, and they were supposed to be talking about the BR mode for Infinite, oh, according to rumors. That was when they announced they bought up all those little studios. Yes. I remember that E3. Yeah, whatever yeah. year that was, 2017 or 2018, I can't recall for sure. Uh, what happened, according to rumors once again, was that the Battlefield 5 BR got announced and everybody hated it, so they decided to not make that announcement. And now we haven't heard anything about it, other than the fact that some people got into the code from the multiplayer and said that there were references. They could have been artifacts, they could have been whatever, but there were references to a BR mode in there. I'm not sure when that will release, but I know that they have made statements about, uh, you know, this game won't be all it's going to be on release. It's a living game, so it's going to be, you know, continually added to, which, again, I don't want Halo to be a living game, but it's going to be. But the reality is, 
I think it's still coming. For, if I had a gut check on it, I think there's still going to be a BR mode, but I don't know. I mean, they haven't actually said anything officially. So Yeah, so I guess this is like a way less traditional Halo rollout then than it's ever been. Yes. Um, Games as Service has kind of just completely uh, taken over uh, for better or most likely for worse. Um, most games I like, and that's kind of discouraging they've also talked about the battle pass in weird ways like saying that the battle pass won't necessarily give you credit for everything it's only going to give you credit towards like dailies and stuff uh maybe one day you'll have to play with like this specific gun and if you get enough kills with that then you could advance in the battle pass but it won't like if you had the best round of your life that won't necessarily count for something unless you did did it with the specific but, uh, goals in mind which is a cool shakeup, but i'm not sure that i like it but the caveat with that is supposedly there's only a one-time purchase correct so yeah, if, yeah yeah if the trade-off in any other game i played was that it, the challenges were more challenging they were actually challenges and i only had to pay once for something i would actually prefer that if that model comes and it's great i hope other developers take note That's i don't all. know that it's necessarily more challenging I, I have a bigger problem with the fact that it seems like they're going to be forcing you to play in very specific ways, even if that's not your preference. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see when the battle pass gets re revealed. Uh, I don't even know if that's going to be available at launch. Honestly, they haven't necessarily shined light on that. But uh, either way, I'm excited for Halo Infinite. I agree with Dave that it's perfect timing. I just hope it's good. And I'm just a little skeptical because of all the stuff we've seen with this game. A couple little red flags here and there. But, uh, you know, the the base of it definitely seems like it's going to be good. And Dave's right. The, the timing is perfect. It's right in that holiday window. Uh, it gives people a good opportunity to uh, get some of those other games cleared out of their, out of their system a little bit and literally maybe deleted off their system. Hopefully it's not 250 gigs, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But what about Craig? Uh, Craig will be there. I'm sure. <laughs> Hopefully he has a, has had a makeup, oh, a reappearance. Uh, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's had a makeover, I guess. All right, boys, it's time briefly to talk about what we've been playing. Dave, let's pitch it to you. Have you been playing anything this week other than work your head off? Uh, nothing interesting. I've just been working through the stuff. I've been playing the Assassin's Creed Valhalla first DLC, uh, a little bit of Metro Exodus. Jumped into Mario Odyssey last night to to clap some, uh, clap some, some Goomba cheeks. cheeks. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but I did play the Riders Republic beta uh, oh, briefly. Yeah um pretty cool is it just me or has has extreme bike bike bleh, bicycling bicycling made sort of a re-emergence or an emergence in the game i feel like the last two years or so like there's been a, a decent amount of biking focused games that have come out and i know riders republic isn't strictly biking but uh i don't know I there's think, there's been a couple right. ben you played one on stream there's a couple others i think that Lonely every downhill Ever yeah. since Trials, you guys remember that game? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that massively blew up, like huge. I think I think we're getting some of the after effect of that yeah. from the 360 era. But I I said this in the in the Handsome Phantom Discord uh, about how like incredible an experience it was playing the the downhill bike races in first person. Like I have never seen anything like that before, and it was just mm. incredible. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that game has VR, but if it does, like, whew, it was crazy. But, uh, but yeah, Riders Republic. I don't know if it's something I, I spend a whole lot of time with. Again, I've got Forza Horizon Five on my radar, and I think thematically those two games are going to be similar. 
and I don't know if I could give both my attention. So I don't know if it's something I'd actually pick up and play for a long time, but it was pretty cool. It was uh, it was fun. Nice. It. Glad to hear it. Brandon, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, I haven't been playing anything interesting, but I did get a chance to try out the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha. Oh, I didn't um, even know that happened. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did try the Vanguard Alpha, and I don't really know how to feel about it. Um, Tell me more. Was it just that one mode? Yeah, that's what that was the weirdest part about it. Um, is it, I don't know if you're familiar with the series, um, Dave or Ben, or if you ever played gunfight, yeah. but it's essentially just small maps and you face off, um, more or less it was, uh, it was essentially gunfight, but in a bracket system and you would face off and have, have a certain amount of lives, but then in between rounds, you could buy armor and buy kill streaks. I don't know. It just felt so strange. I know it's an alpha and maybe we'll get a more traditional experience for the beta. Maybe trying to tap into that Valorant market a little bit. I think, think they're trying to tap into the Warzone market. Warzone, okay. Because there's shielding, there's looting, you know, I don't know. You would have had to play it to understand, but like the buy stations yeah, are there, yeah. the armor's there. It just felt like they were trying to do something that didn't really make sense to me um, for an alpha. I wanted a, a, a team deathmatch experience, something that's a very Call of Duty and to bring the first look at this game that's been kind of weird with the whole state of Call of Duty lately, um, for that to not be something traditional right out the gate was kind of like confusing to me and I thought was kind of a misstep. Um, the moment to moment felt fine. Um, I see a lot of people touting that it's it's the exact same game as Modern Warfare, uh, but it... But it's set in a different timepiece because it's made in the same engine. A lot of people are saying it feels a lot like the other one. I don't think I felt that. Um, but it certainly was intriguing. Um, I wouldn't say it was bad. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was good. I'm somewhere in between right now. How did the weapons, not to cut you off, how did the weapons feel as far as, I know, I mean, they're probably older weapons, right? Yeah, it it felt the same because even though red dot sites weren't invented for like 30 some years after world war two, we have red <laughs> dot sites on every fucking gun. Okay? Oh, um, right. So yeah. It, and that's also weird to me is that like, you know, why make a world war two game then? Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know, just a lot of mixed feelings for me personally, um, as someone who has a ton of experience with these type of games, I'm kind of left questioning myself. Um, I'm interested to see and hopeful that the beta has some improvements, um, but very strange. Uh, very, very strange. I would I would encourage both of you to check out the beta if you get a chance. Okay. Um, but also on console, another massive, massive misstep. And I don't know if that's because it's in the Modern Warfare engine, but day one, Call of Duty Cold War, FOV slider, Alpha, Vanguard, no FOV slider. Oh, man. So Do I you don't think that's because it's in the Modern Warfare engine. I just connected those dots as I was saying it earlier, and that's why I said it like that. Right. I would say that's likely, but I don't really give a fuck at this point. Activision, get the anti-cheat out, get the field of view out. You know, games that make half the amount of money you make, less than half, provide better. So I don't know. I'm kind of at a done with the bullshit type out of attitude with the whole thing. Um, but I'm going to passively watch. 
Uh, 70 bucks is a lot of money for a game that I'm not that interested in though. So yeah. I will be cautious right. with my purchase. Nice. Well, cool. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was happening, um, but it's interesting nonetheless. Was it the free alpha? Yeah, it was actually just available right on the store. So okay. I, I, I think it ran through like the 29th, I think. Right, cool. For me, did I talk about Dodgeball Academia last week at all? Yes. I can't remember. Okay, I'm not going to talk about that again, but I have been playing a little bit more of that. It's still cute and charming, and um, that's about all you need to know about that. Uh, see if Thieves is always going on. I wanted to mention briefly that I'm going to be in a charity event to help raise money for mental health awareness and stuff like that. Uh, not stuff like that. Mental health awareness and mental health help for people who can't afford it. Uh, that's going to be happening. It's through Lord Agropunk. He's organizing the whole thing. A lot of big streamers and stuff going to be in it. I was fortunate enough to get a place in it. I'm going to be on a sloop with my buddy Justin. Uh, we'll be on a team with some other folks as well. And uh, raising money for that, I've already, <laughs> I was very fortunate. I posted in the Last Stand Media Discord uh, and already like surpassed my goal twice. And uh, I'm still raising money for that. Like that happened in like a matter of three hours. So that's great. That's going to be on September 18th and 19th. If you are so inclined, you can check out the link on my Twitter, uh, Ben Smith 2588. It's in the the notes here. Or uh, just DM me or something. I can get you the link. Anybody who wants to, of course, no pressure on anybody. Uh, I really appreciate that. And that's really cool. But I love Sea of Thieves. And I, I really love the community. And I want to be involved in, in helping cool things that are happening there. And I think that's a cool thing that's uh, shining a light, you know, somewhere that's literally a dark place. Uh, two other things I've been playing. I've been playing Lawnmower Simulator. Oh, my God. And? <laughs> um, it is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh I've been playing it. I got a code for it on Steam, although I found out later I got the code after it was already released on Game Pass. Uh, but anyway, I've been playing it, and it's one of those games that I'm just like, honestly, I can't get... It's, I can't, it's not a multiplayer game, so I don't have to worry about that for a moment. I've basically been playing it while I've been exporting uh, different files that I've been rendering and stuff. And it's a good game because you can jump in for like 20, 30 minutes and literally mow somebody's lawn. <laughs> it's got a cool RPG mechanic kind of to an extent because you can like increase your character's stats and, you know, get a better place and you can hire employees and make more money and you get different points and amounts of money gained or lost by picking up all the items in the yard or like not bumping into their lawn ornaments and just stupid stuff like that. Although I will say this while I was playing it, I thought, I'm not depressed. A, a depressed person. Can, what does that mean? Uh, could a depressed person do this? Yeah. Could a depressed person play lawnmower simulator for four hours in one week? I don't think so. Uh, but Dude, <laughs> I would, how's the, how's the story and the lore? Like, are there, uh, are, know, there are there grim mo cards? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I, get it. I get it, Dave. I hate that. Uh, I would say that it's, I don't know if it's a game I would spend money on, but there is a part of it where I'm like mowing this guy's lawn and I just can't stop. I'm just mowing. Ben, as soon as you told me you were playing this, I just had this beautiful image in my mind, like an entire skit played out in my head. Yeah. You know, we see Ben on a lawnmower in his yard. He's sweating. The sun's beating down on him. He's chugging water. Gets out, takes his clothes off, takes a shower, sits down. The camera pans down. He's still mowing online. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because so – I used to mow the grass as a kid and a teenager when I when I lived at my parents' house. 
and I never really liked it. And then I worked at a country club where I mowed grass all day, eight hours a day, uh, all through parts of high school and college in the summers, et cetera. Mowed grass all the time. Hated a lot of that. Of course, a lot of that was because, you know, some of the some of the different things that go along with working at the country club. And then I'm like, I hate mowing grass so much. You know, I've, I've owned different houses that I've mowed the lawn. And when we moved to this place, the yard was small enough that I was like, how about we just mulch the entire thing? Because I don't want to mow it. And so like my wife has a garden where there's just mulch and we have like some some decorations where it's just mulch. We don't have any we don't have a blade of grass. You're missing it, Ben. In our that's entire in the, our entire place. And that's how much I hate mowing grass. And here I am sitting at my computer <laughs> at 3 a.m. mowing the grass. And I'm just like, what is wrong with me? But I will say this. It picks at that part of my brain, that completionist part, because you have to mow every inch of the grass. You have to make sure that everything is precise. You have to actually raise and lower the blades and control your throttle and everything else. Like, If you're just looking for a disconnect your brain while you watch a TV show or listen to a podcast and run around mow the grass, do checkpoints and and collect money. Like it's a great game. Is it a game I would spend money on? I don't know because I didn't have to, so I can't confirm or deny that. I think if I had to choose between power washing simulator and lawn mowing simulator, I would choose power washing simulator. But I'll tell you this, lawn mowing simulator, it, it's got that right feel. I got to ask you, Ben. Yeah. And this will hinge on whether I'm interested. Okay. <laughs> Is there wheel support? Wheel support? Yeah, like full car wheel support. Can you know how you change can get... your wheels, you mean? No, no, no. Oh, like a racing like, wheel. Like, like a, ra- a racing wheel support. Uh, I don't know because I'm still, I still haven't earned enough money to upgrade my tractor. God damn, dude. Life's tough. But I think they actually have like licensing contracts with different manufacturers that you can buy like a, a cat or, you know, what I don't even know lawnmower manufacturers. John Deere. A John Deere. Yeah, can you buy a John Deere? Probably. Or at least one that looks like it. So Ben bleeds green. Guys, the last thing I've been playing <laughs> is almost as exciting as Lawn Mowing Simulator. And this is literally, I just have been popping this on for like 20, 30 minutes right before bed, winding down. Maybe I'm exporting something and I can't leave the computer yet. Uh, or I don't have time to get into a riveting game of Lawn Mowing Simulator, whatever. I've been playing old school. It's not the like, Old school came installed on every computer, but it's through Game Pass Solitaire. Okay. Mm. And I'll tell you what, as a kid, I never really remember whenever everybody had Solitaire and everything. I never really got it. I never really understood Solitaire. I mean, I understood the basic rules, but like I use the hint button constantly. I have immersed myself so deep in Solitaire. What I will do is I will go on and select the hardest mode, and then I will not use the hint system. And I will even I have even disabled the thing that if you're idle for too long, it gives you a hint automatically. And I have just been getting wrecked over and over by these freaking 52 cards. When you get a win on the on this difficulty, it is so satisfying to win a game of solitaire. I cannot even describe it. Dude, again, could a depressed person do this? I don't think so. Literally, the past two things you just described are the most boomer shit I have ever heard you say. <laughs> I am solitaire lawnmower. <laughs> I am 33 years Whoa. old, my friend. I'm as close to boomer as you can get without being a boomer. Okay. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. Uh, but those, I mean, neither one of those are games that like I've been putting a ton of time into, but they're good. Like, okay, I can't jump into Sea of Thieves and go fight anybody. I really don't want to start up um, uh, a new quest line in Dodgeball Academia. Uh, I certainly don't want to get into Halo, like my replay of Halo 
uh, because uh, a checkpoint is going to take me 64 hours and not be able to get to it. So I don't know. Sometimes I haven't played a games like this in years. Sometimes I just want to play a game where I don't have to think about anything. Hey, man. And these are the two games. Uh, I'll, I mean, actually, with Solitaire, there's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of it's like, but it like kind of twists my brain in a little bit different way. I used to be an avid reader. I don't read as much. Now I just play Solitaire. Yeah, it's a different kind. Yeah. Different kind. Guys, that's all the riveting entries for you that I've been playing. I hope you'll all join me in when they introduce bumper lawnmowers. <laughs> uh, I'll be playing that for sure. You guys, anything else for the good of the order? No, man. That's it. Nothing. I appreciate you guys hanging out on this Tuesday evening. Again, if you're not a member of our Patreon, uh, go over to patreon.com slash hands of phantom. Join us. We'd appreciate your support. It doesn't really even mean uh, let me say this if you can give us a dollar it's not even that we want your dollar it's that we like knowing you exist so you know what if you can't or you're not willing to give us a dollar a month if you just popped into the discord at handsomefatum.com slash discord and said hello and engage with us we'd also appreciate that we have a lot of fine folks there but it always is nice to have a little bit of engagement with the pod and hear from people who listen so Whatever one of those options you want to do, feel free. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. See you. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash HandsomePhantom. Adaholic, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas.